Hi, I'm Jay Thomas, and thanks for listening to Bald Tires, a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Now, today is my first Mopar guest. Gary Free joins me. And now, Gary's had some pretty cool muscle cars over the years. He still has his first car. You know, everybody's got their favorite first car. Gary still has his, and it's just about done getting restored and sort of resto-modded right now. We're going to talk about some 55 and 56 Chevys that are still in his garage today, and a good old girl, a 77 Oldsmobile Cutlass that he drives all over the province right now. We've also discovered that Gary and I are essentially from the same small town, Cudworth, Saskatchewan, so lots of good stories coming up. Stick around. Oh, and don't forget... Hit that subscribe button right now for more great stories just like this. Thanks for listening to Bald Tires, because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Conexus. Savings, GICs, checking, budget, RESPs, RRSPs, TFSAs, mutual funds, credit scores, emergency funds, variable versus fixed rates, compound interest, retirement, the list goes on and on. It's time to make sense of it all. At Conexus Credit Union, they want to help. Financial literacy is a critical life skill, giving you the knowledge and confidence to make smart, responsible decisions about your money. Visit ConnexusMoneyTalk.ca to find expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events and increase your financial literacy knowledge and confidence today. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported by Direct West. Are you a business owner looking for new avenues to promote your business? Direct West's digital billboards are a great opportunity to highlight a new product, new promotion, or anything else you'd like your customers to know about. You can get local, expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. Well, I find myself in another amazing garage. I've got to the right of me a 64 Valiant convertible. There is behind that a 56 Chev 210 outside, a 77 Olds Cutlass, and there's a 75 Chev half ton out there as well. And I've got Gary Free with me right now. Gary, thanks for joining me. Wow. Great, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, Good for you to come. Yeah, thanks for having me in your garage here. You are a car guy. Uh, I ran into you at uh, one of the Cars and Coffee in Saskatoon not not too long ago, and we discovered that we've got some... Some family history from the same small town, Cudworth, Saskatchewan, at least my dad and, and uh, my grandparents as well. So, uh, yeah, I think you even went to school with my uncle. Yes, I did. And, yes. Uh, and then I discovered you are a huge car guy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just had to have you on the show. Um, tell me, how do you think you became a car guy? Like, where did you, where did you grow up in town? Where is it out on a farm? No, grew up on the farm, and it has to be a... a, a from my dad. Uh, yeah. My dad had a 1960 Dodge Polara. Okay. And uh, it was a four-door hardtop, and it was the coolest car. <laughs> it was actually probably more when I was about 13, 14 years old or so, something like that. Yep. And uh, so I never really drove it, except maybe around the yard, but I never drove it on the road or the highway or anything. Yeah. Uh, but still, it was a cool car. And uh, my dad did ha- do some things, like he had added... Uh, you know those uh, clamp-on uh, white wall tires that you oh, white wall yeah, um, the add-ons yeah not tires but just uh, rings the rings could, yeah yeah and they didn't really work that well on the <laughs> farm because gravel would get in behind them and stuff like that then the tires would leak and so it wasn't a very good idea but it did make the car look cool though. <laughs> 
So that and that sixty Dodge, I mean, that, that was some pretty wild styling they had at that time too, oh, right? Big fins on it, yeah. and uh, nice body design and yeah. uh, things like that. So Very unique. That one was a three sixty one two barrel. Is what it was. Push button automatic. Yeah, that's cool. And it was cool. It was a great riding car. So did you did you essentially grow up grow up in that thing then? Was that something they had as you were a little kid and they had for, it for a long for time? quite a few years. Yeah. Well, he had several cars, you know, but uh, yeah. That was the one that sparked That's the one that sparked my interest. What yeah. did you take for your driver's license? What car did you take with you? Uh, 1969 Dodge uh, Monaco. Oh, oh, a yeah. big Monaco. Yeah, big Monaco. That's that, what the family car was at that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty big boat too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's kind of like uh, my big boat. That didn't really have, uh, shall I say, style to it though. It was <laughs> just an old... Four-door sedan is what it was. Right, uh, right. And a lot of those uh, in their day ended up in uh, demolition derbies for sure. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of sheet metal in those. And a big fr- well, front I mean, and rear. That's right. And I, I guess Dodge Chrysler kind of had unibody stuff by then, right? Oh, yes. But yeah. they were still heavy-duty cars and, that's and, right. and big. Yeah. So, so you got your driver's license in this 69 Dodge. What was your first car you had to get your hands on? My first car was a 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner. Oh, wow. I bought that in 1973, and I still have it. In fact, you are working on it right now, aren't you? We are. We are putting it together. Uh, I have a friend uh, assembling it for me, and we're almost to the point of, um, like, it'll get driven this summer sometime. Okay, tell me the story of, of how you got the car and how you found it. Okay, well, that, I was looking for a B-body car. I knew exactly pretty much what I wanted. I wanted a B-body car, 383, and it had to be a four-speed. And I looked all over the place for yep. a four-speed car, Saskatoon, Regina, and I just couldn't quite find one. And then uh, all of a sudden in the uh, Humboldt Journal, uh, there's a 1969 uh, Roadrunner, four-speed. Yep. And he didn't want a horrible amount of money for it. Um, yeah. So I went over there and bought it off him. Now, yeah. this car is a little unique because it's got a, it has a vinyl top. Yes. And like yeah. a factory vinyl top. Yes. Which yeah. you can imagine that a lot of guys or gals who ordered a Roadrunner, you know, that, that's an unusual option, I would suspect, right? Yes. They were pretty much bought. They were cheap cars uh, bought to just go fast in a straight line. Yeah. So they weren't really bought to like look like a luxury car or anything like no, that. No, no, exactly. And that would have been associated with that at the time, right? Like, yes, exactly. Uh, vinyl tops were on your... Uh, usually the top end cars, mm-hmm. uh, not usually on um, on sports cars. But actually, in those days, I do remember things like Camaros and Mustangs and whatnot. Once with, in a while, yes, some would have vinyl roofs on them. But yours is a brown vinyl top. Yes, yeah, uh, saddle bronze is what they call it. Uh, the interior also is saddle, mm-hmm. and together with the um, sun uh, sunfire yellow uh, color. Yep. It's uh, quite a striking contrast. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Okay, so what's under the hood? The uh, Right now, we have a 1977 uh, low-deck 400. Ooh. Uh, then we bored and uh, added a uh, stroked 440 crankshaft to that. And so we got 500 cubic inches. Oh, and we got cow. Edelbrock aluminum heads, uh, aluminum intake, and... Uh, We've had that uh, engine dynoed at uh, Precise here in the city. Yeah. It makes 617 horsepower and 628 <sighs> feet pound, foot-pounds of torque. <laughs> and the, the torque band is um, 
not really an arch. It's just a straight line. So it, oh. it makes 600 pounds like all the time, pretty much. Holy cow. Yeah. Is it, is it pretty lumpy? Is it, idles, is it idles or not too bad? Actually, no. I thought that it was going to be a quite a lumpy uh, because it is a, a fairly high lift camshaft. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the large cubic inches um, evens it out. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's not going to be a hard car to drive on the street at all. It'll no. be very easy. Well, with that much torque, it, it should just uh, like howl the tires pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So still the same four-speed you had in it when you bought it? Yes, the original four-speed. Yeah. And uh, I did race that car through the 70s. Um, and uh, right now we've got a set of 411 gears in it. So, oh, that'll really that, move then. Yeah, that should help. And a posse. That should be good. And and it'll still like it'll still do sixty miles an hour like without screaming out. It will do sixty miles an hour. It's going to have a little bit more RPM than uh, than regular. But um, I drove it like that uh, on the street in the seventies, so it'll, so it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Nothing I'm uh, well. Nothing I'm not used to. And engine's all rebuilt, so it's going to run run perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, and if you feel that uh, you're revving too much, well, you'll just drive a little slower. That's all. <laughs> It'll be a real hoot between stop stoplights. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. What else? What else did it feature for options? Anything else uh, special about it? Uh, that car pretty much uh, was a very low optioned car. Uh, it's got power steering and a radio. Okay, that is uh, essentially it. Uh, Buckets? The no, a bench seat. Oh, it does have a bench? Okay, yeah, bench seat. But four on the floor and a bench. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. that's going to be And cool. so there's really no chrome on Roadrunners. They're no. very plain, simple cars. Uh, this one came through with just the steel wheels and the little dog dish hubcaps on it. And that, that's the way it's going to be restored that way. Yeah, uh, you know, that's yeah. cool. We're trying to get the keep the flavor of the body. And the interior is restored to um, factory original. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So you've had this thing... Ever since, you know, it was your first car, 72, you said you bought it, right? 73. 73. Yep. So, I mean, it was only just a, just a handful of years old, really, Actually, at that yes. point. Yeah. When, when did you, how, how long did you drive it? Like, was it a daily driver? Did it seem winters when you first had it? Oh, yes. Uh, that was my daily driver till about, I'd say, 1979 or so. Wow. Good for yeah. you. Um, raced it and uh, drove it as a daily. It went to... Saw many miles uh, all over Saskatchewan. Yeah. And then it pretty much got kind of parked away in the barn and uh, sat there for years and years and years. Uh, Cudworth did have a uh, uh, Great Western Days and they would have a burnout competition. So I think it was about 19, uh, oh, about 88 or so, somewhere around there. Yeah. Maybe a little later, I don't know. Uh, so I just uh, resurrected it and... Uh, Brought it into town and uh, won the burnout competition with it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And um, and and so, why did it end up needing a restore? Like, was it was it just getting tattered, or did it end up with some rust and some issues like that? Yeah, it, it actually looked pretty good. I had painted it uh, myself um, in the body shop. I worked for John and Bert Lang there in Cudworth, and um, it was yeah, just starting to look a little shabby. And uh, in the barn, rust was starting to set into yeah. the quarter panels, essentially. You think that things are well kept, but, you know, you've got to have a moisture-controlled um, 
place. It's got to mm-hmm. be dry. Mm-hmm. Um, better if you can keep the temperatures kind of even too. Yeah. Uh, so this was not a heated environment, and um, rust was starting to to set to be in. An, so be an issue. Yeah. The car actually looked pretty good when we pulled it out of the barn. We actually started to work on it. There's pinholes all over the place, and oh, so yeah. It ended up that we had to do floors. We had to do the trunk floor. We did quarter panels on it. Uh, I had bought another car, so we found a door off the satellite. That's on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, had to rob the bumpers off of one of the other parts cars. And um, oh, just uh, it's, it's really good to have a parts car when you're <laughs> restoring a car like this. No kidding. Yeah. So that's car number one, and, you, and I mean, you still got it here. It's going to be hopefully on the road here right away, uh, you know. And by the way, uh, we'll get some pictures up on jthomasauto.ca to see this cool car. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get some pictures from you, Gary. But uh, sure. what, what came after that? How many cars do you think you've had, all in total? I don't know. I'd have to say um, 60, 70 cars. Holy cow! Uh, something like that. Uh, I ran a body shop on the farm, so... At that time, we did fix uh, quite a few wrecks uh, that we bought out of SGI. Yeah. and uh, So that's like we're talking sort of 70s into the 80s. That, yes, that time. 70s into the 80s. I started um, uh, doing body work uh, probably about, well, about 73, 74, and I worked till about 95 or so. Doing body doing, work? Yeah, doing body work at the farm and, and working for John and Bert. Uh, what a great place to work. Cool. Yeah. Well, we should say that you, you now do real estate, right? So, yes. so you're in Saskatoon, but you do real estate back, you know, home around Cudworth area and Waka and that whole area as well, right? Some of that stuff. Yes, I'm there uh, quite regularly. I've got listings all over the place, you know, uh, rural, lots in Cudworth, Waka, that did you, area. Did you decide to go into real estate kind of just after you got out of the body shop business or... No, I farmed for 40 years, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, in, in, and I did the body work in the, uh, in the winters, and it worked out actually pretty darn good. You were uh, a busy guy. Yeah. And so when I retired from farming after 40 years, I just thought to myself, well, I don't want to just do nothing. So um, <laughs> I had used a realtor to buy and sell two quarters of land um, in my latter years there of farming. Yeah. And I thought, oh, geez. That doesn't look uh, too difficult. I think <laughs> I think I can do that. Give it a shot. Yeah. Cool. So here I am. Yeah, right Just on. Just like that. Yeah. But but you haven't let go of the car stuff. You've still got, you know, a collection. We've got a bunch to talk about that are in here, right? Yes. What are some of the favorites you've had? Like, I mean, that was your first car, the, the Roadrunner, and we still got it, like we said. But give me some of the, your favorites that you've had sort of throughout the years, you know, after that. Okay. Well, um, one that I'm kind of sorry that I did sell. <laughs> yeah. Naturally, everybody has one of those. I did have a 69 Charger RT model. Oh, cool. You know, hideaway headlights, and um, that too was a four-speed car. Um, that had buckets and no console. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah that okay. was a little weird. Just, um, yeah. And uh, I painted that black, and it had a black vinyl and a black interior. Uh, Triple It black. originally was uh, Hemi Orange. Oh, yeah. Uh, before I got it. And it was in tough shape when I got it. I traded another, oh, I think I had a 70 Monaco. Yep. Um, I traded that for the, for the Charger. So yeah. there's, a, there's a Chevy in here and, a, and a one outside, and there's an Olds out front. But were, yeah. you, were you a real Mopar guy to start with? I'd have to say pretty much mostly. Um, I did get involved in the uh, 567 Club uh, back in about 81 or so. Okay. So, you, and, yeah. uh, so then that uh, developed uh, an interest. Uh, I bought that 55 Chev uh, four-door 
shortly after that. Right. And so then now I also have this 56 that I just picked up. So you've got a 55. Well, it's not around here. It's not in this garage. Not in this garage. It's it's in another garage. It's in another garage, yeah. Yeah. And that one's all done and and, uh, drivable and everything, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, And that one, you can jump in that one tomorrow and drive it to Edmonton or something if you wanted to. So tell me the story of that one. Where did you you find it? Where did you get it? That one I bought right here in Saskatoon uh, from Doug Cathro. Okay. Yeah. That was who I bought that from. Uh, Yeah. Back in the 80s. He was driving it consistently and... uh, I think if I remember, he got a company car or something, and then he didn't need this. So he advertised it uh, actually during, uh, he knew when um, the 567 Club was having their meet here in Saskatoon. Yeah. And uh, I went over and had a look at it and bought it. And did you have to do a bunch of work? It was actually drivable the way it was. Yeah. Uh, So I did drive it actually just the way it was for a while, and then uh, I rebuilt the engine and painted it and... uh, didn't really go through it uh, hardcore, like doing the interior and everything, yeah, but yeah. Uh, made it into a, a real nice driver, actually. Yeah. So that that car, uh, give me another one, another great a great car you had over the years that, that's maybe not around anymore. You wish it was. I also had a 1969 Roadrunner convertible. Oh, really? Yes. That one was a highly optioned car, actually. That had the air grabber hood scoop, um, had a uh, factory eight track stereo in it, It had power windows, uh, the power roof naturally. Um, That was a 383 car, had the magnum wheels on it, Um, was a real nice uh, car. Nice, that's awesome. And a a driver at that time, that had a lot of miles on it. I sold that actually to fund this Roadrunner project. Oh, really? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's not that long ago that you had that car, really? Uh, no, not not that long ago, no. Tell me a little bit about, uh, there's, there's a few cars in here we got to talk about. So tell me about, first off, one that we got looking at first was this 56, this 56 Chev. Yep. And it's a 210? That's a 210 model. I just love the two-tone on this 210. Yeah. Uh, they, I believe, have the nicest lines of, uh, of all the... That the five six seven Chevys mm-hmm. is the two ten model. Yeah, uh, this is two tone blue. It's a four door. It happens to have a two sixty five power pack engine in it, which is um, slightly rare for a four door. Well, unusual, right? Because yeah, unusual. I mean, most people would have with a a base model, right? Because it has no real. It doesn't even have a radio. No, it no has radio, no, power no carpet in it. It's got rubber floors, right? That's right. I mean, there's almost no options, and it's a four door. Yeah, you know, so somebody chose specifically to order the big, the big powerful engine with this because they it, wanted it. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't think the dealer did. It probably was the the owner. Yep. But you never know because uh, Chevy would build you just about anything in those days. That's right. You know, you just had to order it, check it off on the order sheet. Mm-hmm. And they'd build and it. They'd build her. Yeah. I think sometimes you could probably order cars back then too with things that. I wonder how many cars got ordered with things that weren't necessarily available options, but they were maybe available on another model that they made, and and they would let you kind of combine some stuff randomly once in a while if they were feeling generous, you know? Yes, I believe that that was possible. <laughs> you know, yes. like oh, yeah. I'd like you know this option off of off of an upper trim level, but I'm buying it, you know, two ten or something like that, and can you put that on there? You know? Yeah, I think that could be done. Uh, 
uh, maybe some dealers had a little more pull than others <laughs> or something. I don't know if that was a, well, and uh, I, and I've also I've also heard too that uh, from some just stories from people who you know worked at dealerships and back in the day too that when they got to the end of a production of a vehicle, um, say for a, a a year, especially if that was changing over to a new body style or a totally redesigned car that sometimes the factory took what they had left in the bins and that went into a car, you know, and it wasn't necessarily a a factory order. It was just simply inventory. And some of this stuff just got sent out. So you'd end up with a car that was, you know, say upper trim level uh, vehicle. Uh, Let's take that, for example, a Bel Air, right? And uh, it's it's a green car, but we just got red interiors left, you know. So that's what's going in this thing. Or yes, those or, things you, happen, especially in the early part of the run, the early part of the yeah. um, of the manufacturing. Um, once those used parts were, I mean, those older parts were used up. Well, then they got back to standard type production. Yeah, but you end up with some strange combinations of uh, you know top top level cars that are missing options. Yeah. You know, they end up with crank windows because they just, the parts bin was empty. They weren't doing a run on, you know, window regulators for that car anymore. So we're putting manual windows into it, you yes. know, Things weird, like that happen, weird stuff sure. like that. Right. So yeah. like I've got my, my Buick is a, again, a strange car that I, I don't understand why anybody ordered the order, the, the, the things it has, hmm. you know, it's, it's a, an Electra. It's not a limited, but it's still the top line car has a power seat. But it doesn't have power windows or power locks. Has mm-hmm. a power trunk, like a vacuum trunk release. Yeah. And has a few other. It's got air conditioning. It's got cornering lamps. It's got an accessory lights for the uh, hanging off the rearview mirror. There's there's a good number of things that you know were added. A rear speaker, power antenna. There's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff was added to this car. Quite a few options. Quite a few options, but not power windows and power locks. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. Yeah. You know, there's there's some strange stuff. So back to this 56 out that we've got behind us. I mean, power pack V8, so a little more power. It's a four-barrel carb, isn't it? Four-barrel carb. Yeah. And the coolest dual exhaust also. Really? Yes. Right factory. From factory dual exhaust, yes. And it would have uh, originally had... Uh, the power pack engines had their own special tip and this car did have those tips on it. At oh, one time. cool. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Uh, three speed, three on the tree on this three thing. Three on the tree. Yeah. yeah. So, right. so this thing spent obviously a lot of time in a barn. It, it's, it's a low mile car. It is a very low mileage car. It only has 35,000 miles on it. So, yeah. I mean, like the patinas, it's almost got almost no patina. You know, a lot of people are looking for that these days where there's the rust showing through. There's even very little of that. It's just been kind of wrapped up and, and kept for a long time. Well, I think that barn dust may have actually <laughs> preserved it. I don't know. But yeah, it won't take much to um, get this thing back to shine like a new penny again. Well, and the there's... Still all the original fabric on the seats in this thing. You know, it's it's an all... The, Headliner's in bad shape. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, yeah. And but the mat, uh, the rubber floor mat is in bad shape. But, uh, but it's I'll all there. i those. And, um, but I'm going to try and keep the, the fabric seats the way they are. Just clean them up. Yeah. Door panels, too. They're, they're in decent shape. We'll just clean them up. It's remarkable the condition that it's in, you know. And, uh, you know, there's the odd little stone chip here and there because it, it did some driving when it was new, obviously. Yeah, and it and... needs a windshield, uh, but that's not uh, out of line. No. We'll just pop a new window in there. You were telling me that uh, you were at first worried when you got this car that you were 
possibly worried the engine was seized, but you did a little trick. That's kind of <laughs> what it looked like. It did look like the engine was seized, but as it turned out, it was just like seized in gear. The, uh, the clutch, uh, the flywheel and the clutch disc yep. were probably rusted together. That's mm -hmm. what the problem was. So uh, we managed to just uh, block the one rear wheel and I just uh, jumped in the car with a good battery and I held the clutch down and just uh, continuously pounded the starter and eventually <laughs> it broke loose. That's great. Yeah. Now you haven't gotten it started running just yet, right? Not yet. There's uh, carburetor issues and yep. um, I'm going to change and put Petronics ignition in it and stuff like that. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, then we'll fire it up. But you know, actually, the oil looks pretty clean in the engine. Yeah. I really don't think we're going to have any trouble at all getting this going. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great car to have on the road again and, and you know, be driving around. And it looks so good, you know. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Then, then especially, you know, I'll get a brand new dual exhaust system on it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh -huh. It's probably going to sound pretty cool. Uh, you found some pretty unique uh, or, or special exhaust manifolds for this thing too right you got a whole you got a whole trunk full of parts ready oh, to go I've got you know all kinds of good stuff yeah uh, it may actually end up with a floor shifter i'm not sure um, but i do have some ram's horns exhaust manifolds for it that came off a 283 yep and uh, i think maybe we might just as well change and add those on they're mm -hmm. a little bit more efficient than the log style manifolds that are on there right now right a set of tires some wheels oh actually what's on order for that is a set of wide uh, white really? uh, radial tires. Awesome. Uh, and that's actually going to look pretty darn good. The uh, rims are painted the body color. And then there's just a small little dog dish hubcap. And uh, instead of spending money on uh, wheels, I decided to spend money on the tires instead. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I've got a set of tires that are, are uh, kind of, let's call them no-name uh, white walls. And <laughs> I wish I would have spent some more money on the tires. Put it that way. So yeah. I think that's a wise investment. I think so too. Yeah. Especially if I want to drive it, you know. And but, that is the plan. This is going to be a driver also. Yeah. But the thing is, you're not missing a piece of trim off of it anywhere, really. No. Everything no. is on. Well, no, I'm missing. There is actually, there's a one fender spear is missing. One fender spear is missing. On the driver's missing. side. Aww. So I'll be searching for that. But uh, I have some leads. That's so, good. So... Uh, I don't think I'll have too much trouble finding that. A base car too, so meaning no mirrors were included this thing on the outside. No. But it's got some up on the front fenders. Yes, those are a little bit radical. Um, obviously, dealer installed mirrors, accessories. Yep. And they're mounted so far forward on the fenders uh, that they act as what would have been known at that time as a, um, a fender guide. And... Uh, they do look actually a little bit out of place. But, uh, <laughs> I think they look kind of neat. I'm going to leave them there uh, just because they're cool. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic car. Okay, yeah. let's talk about this one beside me. Uh, there's, I mean, you got, you've got a pretty pretty huge history of, of cars, and you've got yourself another, another Dodge product here, a 64 Valiant. This is a 64 Valiant convertible. Convertible. A 200 model. It has the 170 engine in it, and again, a three-speed on the tree. So, slant six, and uh, it's like, again, a really original car. Like, it is. It's just, this is a survivor car. Yeah, this is know. cool. Um, you, you picked it up in Humboldt. Yeah, this came from Humboldt, and uh, this was originally owned and uh, by a teacher in Humboldt, and she bought that car new. 
And she told me a story about her and a girlfriend of hers yeah. that drove that car the first summer they went to BC and back with it. Wow. So I can imagine that these two ladies probably had a ball in this car. <laughs> Top down sort of uh, <laughs> Thelma and Louise style. Uh, yeah, you know, that right? would be my guess. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So yeah. you, you did a little bit of engine work to this thing. Right. Yes, uh, just mostly to the head. Yeah, uh, we had the valves done, uh, shaved a little bit off the uh, the surface. Yep, uh, to increase the compression ratio a little bit. Uh, had the carburetor rebuilt by a, a good old time uh, carburetor mechanic. Well, you know, and we we should mention who that is. Yes, Dennis Bantle in Cudworth did the carburetor on it and. This thing starts just like fuel injection. And Dennis Bantle, it's kind of funny because that's the that's the mechanic. Bantle service was in the corner as you got off of Highway 2 into, into Cudworth. And the, yeah. that's the service station that my grandfather took all of his Buicks throughout the years and Oldsmobiles and things like that. They all went to him. So that's, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Another, another family connection. Everybody knows everybody out in Cudworth <laughs> yes, in that area, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, have, you ever, have you taken the top down on this thing? Oh, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yes, it's had top down several times. Yeah. Uh, we drive it in the summertime, uh, only pretty much in the, you know, really nice weather. That's about the only time it ever gets driven. It's yeah. awesome. White on white. Is that a white interior too? Blue interior. Blue interior. Light yeah. blue interior. Actually, that white roof is not the correct roof for this car. Oh, no? It originally had a blue roof, mm. but uh, somewhere in its history, uh, it had a little... Um, some damage or an insurance issue or something like that. Yeah. And all that was available actually at the time when the roof was changed was either a white or a black roof. Mm. They stopped making the other they colors. They stopped making the colored uh, roofs. You can get the proper one now again. So in, like if I keep this car for a little longer, I will eventually put the proper blue roof on it again. Yeah, right, right. And I suppose too, you know, like tops didn't, they weren't really designed to last 50 or 60 years anyways, right? So a convertible pretty much has to be kept inside. Uh, you yeah. can't leave a convertible out in the, in the elements or that top is just going to um, go to pieces. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. This is a great little car, you know, I. It's so much fun to drive and uh, it hardly uses any fuel at all. <laughs> you could really go for a long cruise with this car. And it's really mechanically in fantastic shape. It's only got 45,000 miles on it. Uh, and we've gone through all the brakes and the exhaust system and, uh, you know, changed oil and everything. And everything works yeah. perfectly the way it's supposed to. Yeah, you've, you've, you've uh, put a couple of U-joints in it. And, uh, yeah. You've obviously got a talent for finding low-kilometer stuff, Gary. Yeah, just lucked out, I guess, you know. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Out front, another one that just caught your eye is a 77 Olds Cutlass. Is that right? Yeah. That's just a good old girl. I was looking through Kijiji one time. I have no idea why I looked through <laughs> Kijiji. It's not like I need another car, but um, I don't know. That car just spoke to me, and uh, I said, I should really drive that uh, nice red Cutlass. <laughs> So I drove down to Kalali, Saskatchewan, okay. which is south of Melville. And I went down to see Orville was the fellow's name. And I don't remember his last name. And it turns out that Orville is a bit of a hot rodder. Okay. Because these cutlasses came through with a 350 engine. Sure. But this one happens to have a 455 in it. Oh, so, Wow. Uh, yeah, Orville told me that something happened to the original 350, 
you know, he didn't really uh, expand on that. Uh, and then him and a buddy of his, uh, one weekend, they just uh, slid a 1975 uh, 454 into it. Cool. And it fits just like a glove and uh, runs like a top. Yeah. You've had it for how long now? I've had it now two years. Um, I've been driving it as my daily. Um, it, it it really does, like Orville kept it in really good shape. Yeah, yeah. So it shines, uh, well, like a, like a new penny, I'd say. And uh, yeah, I get thumbs up all the time. I've uh, I've actually driven it to Vegas and back. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean, good for, good for an old car like that to do a just you know a a big long jaunt and and away it goes. Well, in the days that those cars were um, were the regular cars of the day, I yeah. mean, a, a drive to Vegas was uh, run of the mill at that time. That's right. That's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually now on that interstate on I-15 where your sp- speed limit is like 80 miles an hour, that old Cutlass just loves it. The, <laughs> the 455 just hums on that highway. <laughs> now there's a couple interesting things on that car. First off, it's got a set of running boards, which has probably helped save the body. Yeah. But uh, on the front is something that everybody I think is, you know, around Saskatchewan especially is going to remember is a bunch of cars having these. My grandparents had these on their cars too, but it's it's like a big bug deflector is what it is. But they weren't svelte and shaped like they are on cars today. No, we're calling that the <laughs> uh, the Prairie Aerodynamics package, you see, <laughs> is yeah. what that is. That's good. That was all dealer installed. The um, bug deflector and those running boards, I'm sure, were put on at the dealership uh, when Orville picked it up. He bought that car new. There's also a bunch of uh, glue-on moldings on that car, yep. which I'm not sure if you saw those, Jay. Yep, but yep. Uh, just to prevent door dings, there was kind of a glue-on molding that he had added right through the middle of the car. And then it's also got um, some fine little chrome trim on the door edges. Yes. And it's on the trunk edge. Um, yeah, I think the They're door edge is in the trunk edge. Prevent and, nicks and, and... And that was a common kind of yeah, custom touch that guys would do in those days. The the best thing is you, you took this down to Vegas and you have a CB radio in it still. Like it came with the car, right? And, and it still works. Yeah, still works. Uh, but there's really, there's very few people to talk to. Here in the city, I've turned it on <laughs> several times and tried to call and... Uh, I do remember the 77, um, you know, the Smokey and the Bandit type uh, CB radios. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. I had uh, all that stuff in those days, and it was a common um, way, means of communication in those days. Yeah. But now there's just very, very few. Even truckers don't use them very much anymore. Really? No, they, uh, well, they have cell phones. And, yeah, I uh, guess, right? I think they've also, they use a lot of uh, satellite communication. So there's really no need for a... A CB radio anymore. How about when you were in, on the highway out to Vegas, though? Find anybody I down did. there? On the um, on the I one five on the way down to Vegas, there was some trucks that uh, that I listened to. I I didn't actually communicate with any of them, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I could hear some chatter on the CB radio. That's pretty cool to see a car, yeah. you know, decked out like that and 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 going and and doing it do it. You know, it's a, it's an older car now. Yeah, but doing a big haul down to Vegas and and rolling around here. That's that's pretty fun as well. So yeah, I'm just getting a kick out of driving it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. If you could pick one vehicle 
Um, the favorite, your favorite car you've owned over your entire, I mean, you, I know you got your first car still and that's, you know, generally, but is there one that stands out that you go, that was my favorite car, the ultimate one? Yeah, I do, uh, wish kind of sometimes that I would have kept the, the 69 charger, the RT there. Yeah. That's probably the one I the one maybe that... should have kept. I owned that and the Roadrunner actually at the same time. And, uh, I don't know. I just had, uh, nostalgia for the roadrunner and i let the charger go those those are like highly valuable cars now of course i mean yeah values of everything are going up and up and up but i mean those are so sought after both of them right oh yes like yeah totally yeah you said you uh you dragged the the roadrunner a little bit right yes so was that at international saskatchewan international right Raceway? At, at sir sir yeah yeah uh uh, started out just bracket racing, and those were the very uh, inception days of the Saskatoon Street Racers. Mm, if, yep. Uh, if you remember those, um, somewhere in my closet, there's a T-shirt yet, uh, Saskatoon Street Racers <laughs> T-shirt. And then I did build the car um, to run in uh, uh, in the stock class. Yeah. So it ran in um, e-stock at that time, and uh, we had fun. Uh, racing it there and we had slicks and 538 gears and wow great big uh, two inch tube headers on it at that time uh it was a very interesting car to to race a lot of people will remember going down to southie to a car show down there uh, merv ritter would put that on okay and i attended that quite often one particular time we did drive both the the Roadrunner, the hardtop, and my convertible. Okay. Down to um, down to Saudi at the same time. Cool. And my brother Dwayne drove the convertible, and I drove the hardtop. And uh, as we got going, about halfway down or so, uh, I was challenged by a fellow in a Cougar, <laughs> of all things, a Cougar. You know. So it didn't take much. The Roadrunner was kind of in its race trim at that time. Okay. Uh, other than mufflers were added, you know, an exhaust system was added and uh, and a different gear set. And uh, yeah, it didn't take very long. And the Cougar was just dust, you know. <laughs> and then I didn't let off either. So then we just kept right on going. And uh, so, so needless to say, you buried the speedometer in that thing more than once, eh? Oh, yeah. That was a fun car to drive. Yeah. <laughs> It would bury the speedometer easily. Easily, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. even with its tall gears, or I should say short gears, uh, it would even do that. Well, no, not at that time. Not nope. with um, with 411s. It was pretty tough to, yeah. to, to bury go, the speedometer, yes. Go yeah. that far up there. Yeah. But yeah. It because was... it would run out of engine RPM first. Yeah, I suppose, right? Yeah. But, but by, time, by that time, though, you're so far ahead, it, yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. It anymore. doesn't matter. Yeah. But guys would catch you eventually, you know. Right. On a highway. If you're on a long highway trip, yeah. they'd get yeah. you Yeah, with, with gearing like that. Sure, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. didn't matter. The race was over already anyways, right? <laughs> well, so, if that's what you're doing is racing. Yeah, yeah if yeah. that's what you're doing. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what's, what's in the future for you? What's, what's, the, what's coming up? What's the next plans for the next car? What's your dreams 
Where are they taking you? Well, I think I've got a large enough stable right now. My uh, plan is to mostly drive these cars. Yeah. That's the thing. The Roadrunner is going to get driven. I'm uh, planning on taking it to some large car shows. There's uh, there's shows in Alberta that I want to go to. Yep. Shows in BC that I want to go to. Radium. Uh, I'd probably like to drive it down to uh, Reno, Nevada, to Hot August Nights down there. Cool. I might take in some of the drag and uh, drive uh, contests that are going. Those are pretty cool. Just uh, finishing up, there was uh, Miles of Mayhem. Mm -hmm. I heard about that. I'm probably going to take that in next year. Um, might give a little try for the uh, the red line run. Oh yeah, that yeah. might be something that I'd be interested in. Um, but that's the idea: drive the car, yeah. show it. That uh, one plus the Chev out here, plus the olds in front, plus this Valiant here, plus <laughs> you said there's the what the '55 Chev you've got still in the other yeah. garage, right? So. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm going to probably somewhere along the line. I'm going to have to sell a couple, maybe <laughs> you know, because you can't keep quite that many cars. Oh, you can cram, you know, you can cram another one. Well, I think you can get another one here. <laughs> I could actually. Yeah, there's room here, but then there's no room to work. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, I got to say thank you so much for having me in your garage and for joining me. And this has been fun just talking about some of these great cars you've had over the years. It's awesome. Well, thank you, Jay. Yeah. I've uh, really enjoyed myself and I thank you for coming out. Oh, yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. And thanks for listening, by the way. If you want to find more like this, where you found this podcast, you're going to find more podcasts with uh, Bald Tires, of course, a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. I'm Jay Thomas. Thanks for listening to Bald Tires.